0: And sure, grittiness. It starts with an attitude. We need swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger.
1: Welcome to the 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. So, I guess we're doing kind of like an All-Star Special mid-season breakdown of sorts. Uh, we got the itch, and I guess we had to name it, so uh, we got the itch to get on the microphones. We wanted the theme of All-Star Special, and a perfect night to do it, too, because Elias Lindholm just got traded. We're going to get to that a little later in the show Rod, you're kind of the maestro of this whole thing, man. Where are we headed?
2: I don't know, guys. It's just a cheap excuse to drink some beers and see you guys. I haven't seen you in a little bit, and it's been the entire time we've known each other, which is a few years now for the three of us. We've never had both of our teams have positive things going on at the same time, ever.
1: A superstitious person would say, you guys should just stay the fuck off the air. Flyers fans, Canucks fans would, would be... I think we people. just
2: need to get in and do it now while we can. You know, I, I honestly, I think Torts is coach of the year right now. Oh, I still hate
0: Tortorella. You think? I, I, I can still be oh, I a like. Flyers fan and happy about how they're playing under Tortorella, but I can still hate Tortorella if I want to.
2: Well, I just think, like, everyone's talking about how great Tocket's doing and everything like that, but the Canucks roster is stacked when you look at it. Like, if they're great. You have to be a horrible coach to coach this roster into being bad. But Tortorella, with what he's working with right now, it's nice that we both have good teams.
1: Yeah, in terms of odds, Tortorella is third. Laviolette's number two for the Rangers, and uh, Tocket's number number one, plus 185, plus 650 for... uh, What about Boston, man? They've lost a huge, huge core,
2: like the best one-two center combo in the league, basically. And they're still,
1: I think they're tied with the Canucks right now. They're a good team, no matter what you do. I still hate them. Yeah. So if you guys want to find us, we are on Twitter at FHFHockey. And we wanted to to see what your thoughts are on the taxi squad. I think they're doing a great job. Uh, I wanted to shout them out over here. And just uh, thanks for carrying the torch for. Uh,
2: yeah, man, they've been putting in the work. Absolutely. Good job, boys. Definitely. Cheers. Yeah, here's one to y'all.
1: All right. So should we jump into this uh, Lindholm trade? What do you think, Raj? You're, uh, you're a Canucks homer. Where is he fitting in? I've been pretty uh,
2: <laughs> unsurprisingly loud lately about the Canucks needing a 2C since they traded away the best 2C in, in Horvat for Beauvillier, who they... Krejci? Well, he's, he retired, so... No, so Lindholm's great. What's really interesting is now we've got Miller, Patterson, and Lindholm, who all three could legitimately center a top line, and all three can legitimately play the wing as well. So the Canucks top six has a crap load of options right now, which this season it's been play the top line as this as the, the six forty nine lotto line, Pedersen, Miller and, and Besser or else they're screwed. So with this they have a lot more options. Losing a Kuzmenko as a thirty nine goal scorer would suck, but losing Kuzmenko as a fifteen goal scorer doesn't suck. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. How weird is it that like the the Canucks are, you know, leading the league in a shooting percentage, and Kuzmenko is not getting all those dirty tip in goals and and things like that? You figure like a guy like him, his build would be cashing in on a year like the Canucks are having this year. Uh, he's talk it doesn't like him and he openly doesn't like
2: him. And he plays like 10 minutes a night right now. And oh, he's not what talk it wants, and it's a hundred percent clear. So it's good to get Lindholm who we we can use and is way better than Kuzmenko at his best, anyways. So,
1: so Kuzmenko probably top line in uh in Calgary too, but without Lindholm there, like <laughs> who are you playing with, right? What's yeah. the point here, Kadri? So yeah,
2: Kadri probably is uh, not a good yeah. spot for Kuzmenko.
1: You guys remember, like two years ago, we were like, "Oh my God, like if if Huberto and we are, you know, if they work out, Flames win this trade ten times yeah, over." Yeah, have that go. Cool. And uh, did not work out. And they did not. Well,
0: win honestly, it. I mean, let's let's be serious. We you didn't think that was gonna happen. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that that what for it to, to work, not out? work out. Like, it made more sense that it was oh, going yeah, yeah. to
2: work out. And I thought it would, too. Uyghur is good in categories leagues now. He's at least doing that stuff. He He's always been doing that. But the whole thing
0: was we were like, hey, and now he's going to bong on those points. 45, you know? 50 points and kind now- of guy.
2: Huberdeau, and the the greatest point drop in n h l history I think he dropped like some, he dropped over fifty points in in that season, and it's just it's not getting better Brutal.
0: because he's capable of scoring a hundred plus
2: yeah, they' changed the coach they changed everything it's just he just whatever ten million bucks takes the giver off
1: yeah that's that's more there that's more the speed
2: but it's great for me because this is the first well, half season in my probably my whole life where there's like four really good Canadian teams. Like right now, Toronto's the fourth best team in Canada right now, and uh, that's pretty rad. And they're doing all right still. They are. They're doing just fine. When, when they had that uh, Toronto it was in Vancouver recently, on the opening face-off, I think there was nine All-Stars on the ice. And then Talkett was the all-star coach. So, I mean, it's just great. Like, the Canadian teams are doing well. That's why we had to get this episode in now, because by the end of the season, I'm not sure that this is going to be the case.
0: I don't care. I still don't trust Montreal, though. I just don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all, and that ain't going to work out. And if I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. But I I got no problem saying that. I I do trust Vancouver. I think that Vancouver is put together well. Uh, but yeah,
1: no. Daily Faceoff, has got Lindholm as the 1C, Pedersen moving over with Mishiev still up there. And then Suter, Miller, Besser as your line two. Does that make sense to you? Or, or how do you see the lineup going? Like, Tackett's going to do whatever he wants.
2: But. It's going to be a gong show for a bit, and there's just no doubt that Miller, Pedersen, Besser is the best possible line on that team. And every time they put it together they they reunited it and patterson was like the player of the month or whatever he had like just four points a bunch of games in a row and that line kicks ass but kuzmenko and mikhayev were his supposed to be his wingers when he's not on that line and they both suck and patterson had like a a month long slump when he was playing with those guys so I don't know, but like I said, there's three capable centers in the top six, like three legitimate great centers. So they're going to have to shuffle things around a bit. I mean, Besser's a, a one-trick pony, but um, those other three guys are, are... Yeah. But then, like, they need to find the, the other pieces, and having Pius Suter as the third-line center is great. Bluger is a fourth-line center? Like, come on, that's pretty great.
1: yeah. But it's just like um, Pedersen, Suter, Mishiev. Not super exciting. Like that stack top line sounds really exciting, especially for fantasy. But we'll see what talk it does.
2: Yeah, if anybody gels with Lindholm, that'll be great. But uh, at the very least, what's really promising, and I said this, I can, I can remember because I actually got it right on the show last year. Even when, when Calgary was going up and down, they had that kick-ass year and then just a dog-shit year and then another kick-ass year. Lindholm was fairly steady throughout, even regardless of the other guys. So I feel like he can hold a second line together, even if his wingers are whatever. Pedersen has proven he can't do that. He needs to be on the highlight reel line, and and I think they should do that. So Exciting either way. We're We're first in the league, and we got better so regardless I think it's pretty fucking cool for me
1: yeah I think that's uh you know Lindholm was all over the place they were talking about him for Colorado for they were talking about him a bunch of places and uh for him to wind up here super interesting and then Kuzmenko on the other side like you know you got to figure he's power play one that Calgary's just not yeah
0: but is that someone you really care about like let's hey, come
1: on. yeah I mean think about it like Lindholm. Lindholm on the Flames was so only so exciting. Like Kuzmenko, a down Kuzmenko from Vancouver this year, going to a down team. I don't know how excited. Like he's still going to be great deployment. Probably power play one. I don't know who's going to be on the net front, him or uh, Kadri. My money's on Kadri. But
0: the only people that are going to be happy about that, as far as Kuzmenko goes, are people that have him in dynasty.
1: There's going to be that bum rush for. You know, the the waiver wire is going to be lit up with Kuzmenko tomorrow because Lindholm's not going to be available anywhere. The other guy in the trade is, and people like this kind of hype. So I think he's going to get added all over the place. And I think it's a smart move, like something you say all the time, Zach, like rather have him and drop him than not have him at all. So true, though, be the guy to drop him versus
0: the guy that missed out. I'd rather be the one making the decision, making the hard decision as opposed to sitting around and waiting for somebody else to make a decision. No,
2: thanks. Yes.
1: It's a speculative ad. You lose nothing. Could be great
2: for goals. Here. He was the leading goal scorer on the Canucks last year.
1: That's good for leading goal scorer on the Flames last year, too. In terms of uh, storylines from the year or like, does that kick it off? I couldn't think of anything.
0: I think I also have some pretty decent storylines here as far as just things that you know I, I thought were interesting. And clearly, we've already talked about the Canucks and the Flyers. You know, I I have on here Canucks, Flyers and Jets. Oh, my. You know, like, you know, I mean, in in all honesty, Raj, did you think at the beginning of the year before the season started that you would be here, you know, a couple of months later? As a Flyers fan, I can tell you, you might have more fortitude than I do. But as a Flyers fan, I thought we were going to suck just like we did last year, just like we did the year before that. Doesn't mean I don't love them. I mean, I still don't watch the Flyers even when they do suck, but I didn't expect them to be good. And just like every other year, you know what I mean? They started off hot like they had did last year, like they did two years ago, and we're like, hey, you know, maybe they're going to be okay. And then a month in, you're like, yep, yeah, well. <laughs> but it's just surprising that, you know, some of these teams, and and the Jets, like seriously, the, the Jets being as good as they are and Connor Hellebuck having – You know, this season where he's coming back, you know, into it, and they're looking good. And they were so bad last year. So bad. I didn't think they were going to be this. But, I mean, Gabe Velarde looks fantastic on that team. Cole Perfetti looks like he's taken a step up. Um, But, you know, the the Jets are just, honestly, to me, really interesting. The whole Canucks and Flyers thing uh, is just super cool just because... We're Canucks and Flyers fans here.
1: Super poetic. And when the NHL sent me the script for this year of how the the season was going to play out, I just couldn't believe it. Found myself like turning page after page, and I just I could not get over the fact that they had uh, the Canucks and the Flyers doing this well. Wait till you see how it ends.
0: I have on here so kind of like we t- I, I said about how Montreal. I don't trust them. Like and I and I don't. Raj, do you trust the Canucks? I trust them
2: absolutely to be very good. I I think so, too. There's no way I can sit here and say I th- thought, honestly, they would be the best team in the league at the All-Star break. No way. But I knew they weren't 26th in the league like they were last year. I figured more like they would be in the playoffs, like, solidly. But, yeah, not first in the league like this. And I was very loudly critical of the management and the way they started to reshape the team. But the way they've done their second round of trades has been amazing. One thing you have going for you is whether you're looking at strictly
0: numbers like TJ or you're you know, watching a bunch of games like me, they pass both of those tests, which is where kind of the flyers roll in here. Now, as far as just going on stats, the Flyers look mediocre at best. TJ, do you
1: trust the Flyers? No, never have, never will. (laughs) Start it there. Um, There, I mean, their goal differential is negative one. No, no. without checking, I'm pretty sure they still have the worst power play.
0: No, they don't. But they have. I think it's the second or third. Are they second? It's the second or third. I think they're the third worst. At like thirteen point five percent or something horrible. Don't get me wrong; it's bad. Oh yeah, they're third. Like I said, what? How? What percent?
1: Thirteen
0: point three. Damn, I was <laughs> close. Yeah,
1: it's uh, the Penguins and the Blackhawks have worse power. Players.
0: Okay, so this is my thing, TJ. Uh, before you know, before you take that next step off the ledge, let me try to talk you down a little bit. I'll jump. Don't. Don't. We need you. No. So uh, this is my whole thing. And it does come down to torts. As much as I don't like torts, it's his style of play that the Flyers have truly taken to. Uh, Konechny looks like he was born for this style of play. There's other guys that you didn't expect to be taking these steps. Morgan Frost, I think, looks fantastic this year. I think Nick Sealer looks fantastic this year, just as far as how they're playing the game. And when you watch a game and you say, hey, even though, you know, something might not work out, you you watch a play and you say, hey, that was a good idea. You know what I mean? They're getting pucks into places where they need to be in order for them to take good shots on goal, which is something that the Flyers do in spades. They're number one in shots on goal in the entire league. You have to like that. Even Thanks to Owen, even Tippett. you have to like that, TJ.
1: Yeah, I like I like shots. I mean, Tippett was Tippet was awesome. Like in terms of uh the best player, I'd probably put Tippett out there. I just think, you know, what he's been able to put together this year, like, there's a lot of guys who are having really good years. Uh, Konechny's up there. Farabee is having a really good year, too. Um, I think Drysdale's a good addition. I mean, he's riding top power play right now for all that's worth. Not much at this point, but, yeah, we're still going to trade some guys. Nick Sealer, like you had said, he's he's on the block. Let's see if he gets moved. It's such a weird year to be doing well. Like, there's no way we're doing damage in the playoffs. And we're in a playoff picture right now. And that's just the most Flyers thing you can do is get people's hopes up, get a middling pick. Yeah. <laughs> and then do the same thing again next year. And then again for the next 14 years.
0: the Same time. I'm tired of, you know, still, we never get the, the top pick as a Flyers fan. I'm just not used to that. I'm not a devil's fan where you just get top picks, you know, all the freaking time
1: left and right. You know
0: yeah. I'm used to not getting top picks. So even when we are bad, like we have been for years and years and years, we never get that pick anyway. So I don't give a shit. I'm happy that we're good this year. I don't care about that middle end pick. You got to do what you got to do. I want to keep
1: next Taylor though. I, I do think this is, this is just such a weird year. Like it goes to show how little everyone in the fantasy and in the hockey community knows about what's going to happen. Like we we play with all these stats (laughs) in the off season and everything. And, and then we come back and the Canucks are first in the league and the Flyers are doing well. And, you know, how, how can we predict any of this? We can't. And it's just such a, it's a volatile sport, the whole fucking sport.
2: Well, I mean, what is sports other than the chance, right? Like if it just made sense, it would be fucking accounting.
1: Then it would be football. Yeah. You have the same fucking Super Bowl every year. Yeah, but
2: uh, no, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's not just one position that's um, hard to predict or weird or off the rails all the time. It's the whole sport. It's all sports. This year is particularly weird in ways that I'm appreciating, so I don't mind that too much. Oh, yeah.
0: So next up here, I have the Calder. You know, I, I I'm always one of those guys, you know me, TJ like I like I like the young boys. I do. Oh careful. Um, and I'm interested in the Calder.
2: You're gonna hockey Canada yourself here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in my opinion, obviously, Bedard is looking like he's gonna win it. Don't get me wrong, it looks like that's gonna happen, especially with you know, he is going to be their offense. From here on out, I mean, you don't have Taylor Hall is out for the year, you know, so you're looking at Bedard for your offense at all. Um, So I think he's going to win, but there are some other surprises out there. Um, I have down here, obviously, uh, Cooley, who is the big surprise just as much as, uh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes have been. Uh, They have looked pretty dang good. And Cooley has been a big part of it. Um, I also like uh, the two young guys from Minnesota. Even though Minnesota, I wish they were better. Uh, You do have Marco Rossi there and Brock Faber coming out. And I'm pretty sure Faber is number two in the odds for the Calder as of right now.
1: You are correct. That is correct. Yeah, Faber, then Luke Hughes, which is not out of left field uh Fantilli's in there with rossi cooley leo carlson who i think would have had like a real kick at the can if he was seeing all the games but the way the ducks are handling him this year is so strange connor zari eh joseph wall eh there are long shots as it is right now but like you know those top three would be my top three
2: yeah, but I mean, the fact that uh, Bedard's been out for like three weeks and is still leading the rookie scoring is. <laughs> I love the fact that Samuel
0: Urson is even in the conversation.
1: He, Yeah, he's earned that spot. Like, regardless of what Carter Hart's going through right now, and, you know, I don't really want to touch on any of that until we know for sure what's going on. Urson's definitely earned his spot. So I, I like that. So Raj, what did you
0: have for your kind of storyline?
2: Well, obviously I was hoping to spend most of the episode gushing over the Canucks and we kind of did that. We actually we kind of all did our <laughs> we did our uh our notes sort of blind from each other and kind of ended up with similar things, which I think's with all the same shit. Uh but yeah, I mean like I said, I was I've been really excited about Canada the team's overall Obviously, Winnipeg's the biggest shocker to me. Like I thought Edmonton was going to be the best Canadian team, and they started out just just junk. and Trash. now I think they're about to break the NHL record for wins in a row. And it's Connor McDavid and he wants to win the cup, and he didn't like being called shitty and that's, that's what's happening. Hey, Connor McDavid is way behind in the points race, though. Way behind. Yeah. For now. He was 147th before and now he's like sixth. So he's he's catching up. Except for like McKinnon is on some other planet uh, at the moment. But the thing is like McDavid is right there and had a shitty like almost six weeks and he managed to catch up this fast. Yeah.
1: And he was hurt for a little bit. Yeah. So. Came back in like record time.
2: Well, they had to get him back for the um, the outdoor game, right? They had the big outdoor winter spectacular. So Connor came back and played when he was not supposed to come back for, like, another two weeks. And then he wasn't good for a bit.
1: He is eight points back of the lead with uh, six games in hand.
2: On I, I remember posting something about when he was tied with Dakota Joshua. So... he's he's picked it up since then.
0: is isn't he tied with jt miller
2: yeah and that's what i'm saying and that's with like six weeks off of scoring he's now caught up to like see if i would have told you
0: at the beginning of the season that connor mcdavid and jt miller are going to be tied in points at the break what would you have thought happened that jt miller had this like amazing season or connor mcdavid got hurt i would probably think that
2: connor mcdavid got hurt but I mean, I would I would think that J T. Miller is a hundred percent proven that he's a hundred ninety to a hundred points oh, in his wheelhouse. He can. He can. But that's also like twenty to forty points below McDavid's wheelhouse, even on a bullshit team. So Canadian teams are kicking ass. Canucks are kicking ass. The one thing that's really pissing me off, if I'm going to chirp for a second, which I've made an ass of myself so many times, but just it's pissing me off that Talkit is getting all of the credit for this Canucks team. The roster is incredible. And it's the roster that Jim Benning put together minus defense. And they finally got defense. Last year, Brock yeah, was. Alvin
1: just got a. Uh extension today
2: and that's great like i said their first round of trades i didn't agree with but their second round of trades they've made have been amazing to get but they've this time they've finally got what the canucks have needed for basically 45 years and it's the same thing that the leafs need and why they're not good they didn't like properly address d we got heronic or goalie. We got Haro- Well, yeah, we have Demko, which is great. But last year we didn't have Demko. He was injured. He played injured and then he got injured and then missed most of the season. But uh, it's just pissing me off a little bit that everyone's giving the credit to Talk It when actually it isn't him. He's fine. He's 100% fine. But he's not the reason. The reason is the roster. Um, the other things I had on here that I, I was uh, stoked about this season is I'm just loving that Philly is doing great. I'm not loving that Carter Hart's in in trouble and and whatever's going on there either way, but I'm loving that Philly is still doing well. And it's not just because of Carter Hart either, it's because of torts.
1: (laughs) You look at their roster, they're just like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? You have risked a line on your team and you're in a playoff spot. Like, yeah, you have a top line that could qualify as a second line on any good team. (laughs) I don't know. They're grinding. Like, they're playing hard hockey, which is fantastic. And, like, you know, they're doing all this White stuff nobody else wants to do, which is nuts.
2: Uh, they're doing Torch stuff, and that's what he's good at. And that's, my, like, my only question is can they uh, can they listen and participate like this for a whole season? I would. It would be so great Ooh, yeah. if they could get into the playoffs, man. That would be so great. And overall arcing thing, if we're going to start getting into fantasy now – that I think is is neat is sort of the oncoming or the sort of the emergence of like twenty three, twenty four year old defensemen, right? Like when we're gonna get into our fantasy picks pretty soon, and like I think all of our pretty much all of our D are like young incredible D that are uh not and they're not just offense they're offense and like if you look at a few of these guys they got tons of blocks and and, and stuff like that so that's one overall trend that I've noticed that I really like actually
1: Should we do it the uh the fantasy all stars?
2: Let's go.
0: I feel like I have I have some good ones. You you put down like good and bad. I just picked my I just picked my good ones. Did I? Did I do this wrong?
1: No, I just wanted to shame some people. Achiever, particularly yeah, Tage T- Thompson.
0: You <laughs> Hermione the shit out of this. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> um, all right. So for forwards, like my my forward all star is Sam Reinhardt, somebody that was picked at 180p and is winding his current rank in the five hole leagues six. He's sixth. So that's that's pretty decent. I'm all about it. Um, he's just, he's breaking all kinds of records. It reminds me of like, um, that year that Braden point had a few years ago where he was just plugging away power play goals, like nobody's business. And that's something Sam Reinhart has just been able to do. He has more power play goals than the Pittsburgh penguins do. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's not slowing down at bad. I got Tage Thompson and this, like he was a first round pick during the off seasons not just this last one just uh, any if if a guy just comes into the top round like putting them on a probationary period is probably the best course of action like somebody just pops in after posting close to 50 goals it might not be the safest bet to to take him so i you know hindsight's 2020 but we're going to deep dive into his season and what went wrong i'm sure in the off season but uh, as at an ADP of 12.3 and a current rank of 185, uh, sometimes your first round forwards can flop too.
2: If you're just all of a sudden amazing on Buffalo. Eh, red flag. Might be a red flag.
0: But it's not that Buffalo doesn't have players for him to play with. That's <laughs> <a problem. laughs> That's your best No, Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner can, <laughs> score you know can score points and you know it. Rasmus Dahlin can score points and you know it. Uh, I think Peyton Krebs is going to be a good young player. Cousins is not bad. Like, uh, it's not like they have, it's just all stars up down the lineup. Alex Tuck, I'm fine with. You know what I mean? I would take Alex Tuck on the Flyers any day, any day of the week. Uh, they did lose Jack Quinn, which, which hurt. Uh, but I mean, Owen Power is still there. Like, it's not like they don't have players. They just, it's just not there this year. It's just not.
1: Yeah. Like, last year we weren't flipping our lids over, like, why are these guys doing good? Because it just made sense. They had a lineup that could do good. Uh, yeah, Tage Thompson was probably doing unsustainable things last year, and it's not something that, like, we shied away from, but it's, you know, this kind of fall is... Uh, it's a fall. It's like, he he moved past the regression line and kept going, which is tough. And And for a guy to do that is really disappointing, especially when he was picked just outside the first round. Uh, 12.3, you know, just out
2: there. They call that a, a, a Huberdo, is what they call that. Is that what they call bad, it? Bad, 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 bad. A Huberdo. All right, who you
1: guys got for forwards?
0: Said, I don't know if I've ever been good enough, TJ. I'm a little bit rusty, and I think my head is caving in. And I don't know if I've ever really been loved by a hand that's touched me. And I feel like something's going to give.
1: Probably.
2: Rob Thomas uh. <laughs> This is a, a hint that we're gonna be dropping Zach's spoken word album of cover songs. All I will Shatner.
0: I wanted to throw out some Rob Thomas for Rob Thomas here. No, I, I love the way that uh, that Rob Tom has been playing this year. He is kicking tits on points and it's the so you go ahead and you you know you look at some point leaders uh, there's a whole bunch of guys you expect to be there. You know what I mean? Brock Besser is right ahead of him. You know, Mitch Marner right ahead of that. You know, he is tied with Noah Dobson, him, and Brock Besser. I expect I expect Brock Besser to be there. I expect him to be there with the Mitch Marners and the and Ajos. You know who I don't expect to be there? Rob friggin' Thomas. Don't know where he was drafted, but I guarantee you it wasn't, you know, tied with the Mitch Marners of the world. That's for damn sure. For a 77, he's still only 77% owned. Now, I get it. It's not like uh, he's, you know, still, you know, he doesn't do all of the, the cat shit. And I get it. But as far as the points go, I love Rob Thomas this year. He's looking good. He's looking good.
1: 166. Nice. That's not bad. Not too
0: shabby. I'm all about, so I have on here that optimizing is the theme. And I think we all are going to go on that level. I Obviously, TJ did too. It's all about where are you drafting players and what are you getting out of them. And that's why I have Rob Thomas here. Don't get me wrong. You could, you could have Nathan McKinnon because he's awesome. But
1: yeah. Yeah, he's ranked 48th in our leagues, which are cat Le- cats leagues. So that's
0: still good. It's
1: you know he's still doing damage in in cats leagues, and those points they can they can bump you up something fierce.
2: Who did you have, Raj? Um, I went fairly deep, but it's a guy that I think we've all liked for a long time, and he's coming to his own. Eli Tolvanen, is he's not great, but I love that he's really good in categories leagues this year. His uh his time on ice is coming up from where it's been in the last few years, but he's 30 points in like 42 games. So he's oh, he's pretty good. Pretty good points. He's getting on the power play because he's got a good shot. 101 hits and 52 blocks for a forward. So he's he's like he's a guy you can stream in a lot of leagues. And uh categories, he's he's kicking ass. A decent all-around player who bangs a fair bit.
1: Yeah, he's over a block a game, two hits a game, which is nuts, and I'll give it to him.
0: I like it. I like your other guy that you have down here. I know it's one of your hometown guys, but I, I put something in my notes about this guy too, and I was surprised when I saw it, when I started looking into it.
2: Yeah, Dakota Joshua, I assume you're talking about. Absolutely. He's another category. Which is also what a fantastic name. I love yeah. your name. He's he's either an androgynous television star or a, a banger. Um but he's he's kicking ass, man. In cats leagues, and as like I noted here, he's got twice as many hits as Ovechkin and a hundred and thirty three percent of his goals. So he's beating Ovechkin by I think four three or four goals right now and doubling him in hits. Ovi's had such a weird So year. I know like that's that's obviously also a cherry picked stack because Ovi is just whatever's going on there not going he's washed there. up he's
0: done for
2: but if you're uh if you're in a categories league where you uh where hits matter and points you still want some points joshua is like a full-on gettable guy who's gonna i think he's second in hits right now in the league maybe. That's some bitch is second in hits and he's not useless offensively. And he's like playing with Garland, like which is just the, the craziest combo. Those two guys are a large reason why Vancouver is having a great year because it's not all been their top guys, even though they have a, a lot of points. Remember when you guys
0: got Garland and I said it was going to be good and then it wasn't good? But now
2: it's good. Exactly. He's been very good. He had a, actually a really slow start to the season, but that line's been very good. But your storyline that you just made up is a a very good segue into defenseman. It's a 25 cent word segue. It's hard to spell. How I had miserably failed at calling out Darlene last year as not that good. And he was the best. Uh, But my reasoning was I bumped him for Dobson. Yeah. Dobson's and I now. was a year behind on Dobson. and Dobson, I think, it made all of our defenseman lists. And he's like he's top twenty five in scoring in the league right now. And he's a defenseman and he's, he's an still good. and he's an islander. He's a D and he's that an Islander. Sense. 46 He's assists. just fucking wailing wow. on it this year. It's great. Oh yeah, um, it's all assists. It is all assists. Assists and blocks, man. Take it. He's blocking up a storm too, yeah. 18th in NHL scoring.
0: How are you gonna Ooh. take my how are you gonna take my pick? How are you gonna take my pick, Raj?
2: I was seguing my way into you. Oh yeah. Into... Segue <laughs> <Because laughs> We all had Dobson, I think. So yeah, that's that's kinda not TJ. Go ahead, TJ. Who
0: are I'll, you guys, I'll... since Raj already
2: yeah. talked
0: about McGay.
1: Victor Hedman. Um I think him just getting top power play back was was huge Uh, a lot of people faded him because there was the sergachev experiment last year Uh, adp of 71.3 he's ranked 39th yeah he's back which is awesome i think there's guys um you could talk about like matheson is is a huge steal especially in cats leagues like guys like adam fox just dropped like crazy in terms of adp adam fox was drafted second and Eric Carlson was drafted third, both of whom uh, have cratered by way of uh, current standings. So Adam Fox is currently 183rd in rank and Eric Carlson is 174. And their draft ranking was, uh, or yeah, ADP was 27.3 for Adam Fox and 38.7 for for Eric Carlson. So a drop of like 150 for both of these guys. It's that's harsh.
2: Yeah. Obviously wasn't talking about them when I said there's these young uh, defensemen that are doing well, but Fox is a huge drop off for sure.
1: Yeah. It's such a weird year for Fox.
2: He's played a few less games than some of the other guys. So his totals are a little lower. His points yeah. per game are, 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 not near the top still though. And it's not like the Rangers are having a shit year or anything. There's, they're scoring plenty Like I was saying, I
0: had Dobson. Totally am loving. He's the third D-man in points. Like, the people ahead of him, you expect to be there. It's McCarr and Hughes. Yeah, I would think that those guys are going to be one and two in points, you know, flip-flopped one way or another. But you don't expect Noah Dobson to be number three.
1: You don't really expect scoring and the New York Islanders to be in the same sentence.
0: But like you said, I'm I'm all about it being a ton of assists. Um, he's getting, you know, he's getting the time on ice. That's what sort it of comes down to. He's six more minutes time on ice. Well, five and a half, five and a half minutes time on ice more per game than last year.
1: That's big news. Only Drew Doughty, only Drew Doughty is outpacing him in terms of time yeah, on ice per game. that's
0: big news. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge part of it because, you know, none of his other stats have super changed as far as, you know, his personal, uh, you know, shooting percentage, such like that. You know, everything is, it just seems like the time on ice went up. Linearly, everything else went up, especially the points. So, I'm, I'm all about it with Noah Dobson. I do have an honorable mention here. I like Jeremy Lislan. Hits and blocks, monster man. He is going crazy. He's only 39% owned. He is number one in hits. He is 56 more hits than Dakota Joshua, who, who, as you pointed out, is in second place. 56 more hits than the second place person. Combined as, you know, a lot of times I like to look at hits and blocks as a combined stat. Somebody that's good at both. That's what you're always kind of looking for. He leads the league in in those combined stats, and it's the it's the thirty nine percent owned. So as far as cats leagues go, uh, Jeremy Lazan, dude, kicking tits,
1: love it. He's in the top fifty D for cats leagues, That's awesome. Which is saying something, like you know, you have twelve teams with four each. That's forty eight right there. So like he's rosterable even, yeah. Because there's guys, you know. Zach Ransky, who's going to be forever on your IR. Since Zach,
2: you just brought up some categories, uh, a couple guys that I just really liked uh, in in cats leagues as streamers this year that are that were off my radar a fair bit. Nick Sealer is one guy; he's like blocking like crazy in Philly. Uh, Nico Mikula in Florida is like a good hit and block combo. Yeah,
1: you've been all about him
2: and his his overall numbers are quite okay but every time i've picked him up he's had a monster day and gotten an assist but another guy strictly peripherals but in seattle is will borgan very high up in in hits and blocks uh both which um which is nice what are the
0: bad people in in the trolls movies called aren't they called borgens Weren't like the first one. weren't weren't the bad people. weren't
2: they called Borgans? Does he eat trolls? Does Will Borgen eat trolls? The weird thing is, you're the one of us who doesn't have kids. Fucking dork. <laughs>
0: Stop, fucking! Just why? Why? Why are you gonna share? Why are you gonna shame me like that? Because I'm a grown man who's seen trolls and doesn't have children.
1: Yeah, my kids. Uh, I don't think they know it exists, which is awesome.
0: The bad, the bad lady, the 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 one that wants to cook up all the trolls. Her name is Chef Bergen. It's Bergen, not Borgen. But damn, I was close. Bergen. There you go. Yeah, Bergens. They're Bergens. Okay. Fuck you, dude. Screw you guys. With friends like y'all, who needs enemies?
1: You know. You guys want to take goalies? Should I uh, kick it off? You guys want to get comfy? <laughs>
2: I like Demko, end of story. Nobody's surprised. I like Hellebuck,
0: end of story. I'm surprised.
1: Um, I went with uh, Jordan Biddington, who to me is like the true zero G hero because you drafted him the and then you kept him hero. and you didn't need to spend a bunch of your acquisitions on Goalies, guys are talking about I, you. Know, and I know people are probably sc- like screaming at their their speakers right now. What about Joey Decor or Connor Ingram? But like Decor, yeah, Joey, okay, or like Connor Ingram. But like the efficiency of having somebody like Jordan Bennington. You know, you didn't just get Joey Decor, right? Like you went through Joseph Wall, Carol Vamelka, Martin Jones, Yol Hofer, Joseph Wall again. UPL, Gustafsson, Martin Jones, then Decord. So like you spent like 10 acquisitions. If you got every single one of those guys right, like there's a chance that you probably pick some goalies that weren't zero G options. Like there's probably a bunch of times you were wrong. Think about how many times we get it wrong in draft day. The season's 22 weeks long. You can't get it right every single time. So for me, like Jordan Biddington, just being as efficient as he was, as somebody that you picked on draft day, his ADP was 171.5. There's like eight goalies who were taken after him. He's right there with like James Reimer and Elvis (laughs) Merzlikens and Cam Talbot, who's another really great option, but I didn't want to pick him right now because he's uh, just chugging shit. He's not doing so well right now. And Jordan Biddington's current rank is 70. In our league. So he he went up a hundred ranks according to his ADP. You know, Bennington let you leave your draft with a sturdy volume number one guy. You can still use those acquisitions that you have that you're not spending on Wall, Vemelka, Martin Jones, Hofer, Wall again, UPL, Gustafsson, Jones again, then decord then an Ingram, because you left the draft with like Corpusalo and Akira Schmid. You can get skaters to to keep your points coming uh i mean even zero g says itself like skaters are safer than goalies so like why is that only important on draft day and not the 22 weeks out of the year where we're streaming guys
2: yeah well and if you stream a goalie how many
1: games are they going to play that week one one that's that's the thing is like (laughs) you you don't really get If I'm talking about most leagues here, there's 11 other guys in your league that could be looking for starting goalies. And, like, to say that you're going to be the one to get a starting goalie off the waiver wire who's actually going to work for you, those chances are pretty slim. But if you can get somebody like a Jordan Bennington or a Cam Talbot or even like Demco, Demco is a late ADP too. Well, I got if you can get a late round volume starter. I'll take that over zero G any single day because those acquisitions, like I get it. You don't want to spend draft capital, but why are you spending streaming capital week over week on goalies just to fix your goalie position uh, when you could just have like a starter later? Draft
2: capital is one pick one day, which is super important. You don't win your league on draft day. No, I think you can lose it on draft day, but I don't think you win it on draft day. Like, holy shit, you picked Connor McDavid number one overall. Oh my god, wow, good call. But good call. You know, like I, I'm just looking at a league right here. I have Demko, and of course, everyone just says I'm a homer, but I got Demko in the seventh round after Cole Caulfield, Mikhail Sergachev. He, I, the next person taken after Demko was Seth Jones.
1: Yeah. So like how much, what are you really losing out on by taking a goalie?
2: I have the number one goalie and the number one, maybe number two goalie in fantasy hockey this year in the seventh round. And I lost out on Seth Jones.
1: Like this, the, the rounds like seven through nine, the skaters in those rounds are so interchangeable that I just don't see a reason to be waiting until round 14 to get a guy who you're going to wind up dropping in week three anyway. And then hoping, crossing your fingers that, you know, Joseph Wohl is going to carry you through the rest of the season. I don't know. Like, it's so weird to be anti-goalie on one day a year, on draft day, be chugging goalies for 22 weeks following that, trying to, like, unshoot yourself in the foot. Uh, I just think there needs to be an amendment to zero G, to because that's the one benefit of zero G is, like, it, it's not quantifiable to to show how many points you're losing out on by picking up goalies instead of skaters throughout the year. And, you know, I've, try, I've tried to talk to Zero-G guys about it, and they're just like, well, that's not what Zero-G is really about. And I'm like, well, it kind of is, because every single podcast is talking about what goalies you need to pick up for Zero-G. You know, Joey Decord, prob- what, what, when did he come on to the scene? It was like two months ago. Uh, so that's still you know 2 or 3 months of the year that you were scrambling.
0: And I'm taking notes. So Devin Levi bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't.
1: That I like I would love to see the value. Round 7 skater and a round skate round 8 skater and a round 14 goalie. You know, it's easy to just say just on paper that that's better than a round 7 goalie, round 8 skater, round 14 skater. But like what's left out of the equation is that I'm less likely to need to fix a round seven goalie than around 14 goalie. How many streaming points am I losing out on picking up goalie after goalie after goalie trying to fix that? And I I know there's going to be people out there. Well, what about Shusterkin? What about Olmark? What about Vasilevsky? You know, what about Tage Thompson? What about Adam Fox? What about Eric Carlson? Brandon Montour, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Tim Stutzel, Tyler Toffoli, Andre Kuzmenko, Tarasenko, Sanko, Svechnikov, Sider, Heiskanen. Like D flop too. Forwards flop too. Hockey is voodoo, not just goalies. Goalies are, yes, they're more variant. But if you can find yourself a sturdy number one guy, like even Peter Mrazek is doing really well in cast leagues this year. Like if you can just get a volume guy, in the later rounds, you're going to be fine. Makes
0: me feel dirty.
1: Like you don't need to <laughs> be, you know, picking your last two rounds. Everybody's in like this stare down chicken match so that they can scoop up Jared McCann's instead of Bobrovsky's, PLD's instead of Demko's. And then they wind up with Corpusalo and Akira Schmeet. I love it because that lets me get goalies later than usual, like a Demko, like a Talbot, like a Binnington. You know, it's diluted the the goalie ADP something fierce. So keep on going because then I have guys and I can keep picking up skaters. And because you're picking up goalies every week, there's more skaters for me to choose from every week. So keep doing it. That's fine.
0: I'm not going to lie, though. I do love me a good old fashioned goalie stream, though, looking and seeing who's starting for the day and being like, I oh, like yeah. that matchup.
1: Let's go. A one day stream. That makes sense. But if you're like every single week, Who's getting two starts? Who's getting three starts? Like, I need somebody. I don't know. I just think that's not efficient, and that's not the way that we maximize wins. And then for my bad goalie, it's been Shisterkin, because he has he has fucked the pooch this year. So, yes.
0: He has been Shisterkin?
2: Yeah,
1: much like, you know, Tage Thompson and uh, Eric Carlson. He fell very far from his ADP.
2: For sure he did. And I would say for sure he's going to get it back eventually. But, uh, you know, the guy that I was most disappointed with, and it was he just disappointed expectations, was Corpus Allo. um Just Ottawa.
1: That's big money, too, for
2: him. They actually score, but they don't win, which sucks. And I thought with getting Chikrin and having like all this, I just thought they'd be okay. But they're. Didn't didn't work out in the goalie situation there. Um,
1: LA just makes goalies look really good. LA has such a good system.
2: How about Jeremy Swayman? I've been happy
0: about that one. You know I love me some Jeremy
2: Swayman. He looked pretty good yeah, this he, year so far. That's true. The only problem there is it's just a, another good. It's a good split. Yeah, it's almost a straight split.
0: Yeah, him and Olmark.
1: Yeah, got to get that volume. But if you
0: have both of them, man, that that Swayman Olmark duo be solid.
1: All right, Jeff, FH89 in the discord with how busy you guys were this year. How many leagues are you in and what are your plans for the amount of leagues next year?
0: Um, I feel like I should always be in less leagues. I'm in like three or four, but I also do like fantasy sports and other sports as well. So, yeah, uh, pro- probably about the same. I mean, it, it's definitely less than years in the past where TJ is probably still up in double digits. But, I mean, there's been years where, you know, you have, like, 12 or 15 teams, and it's just hard to keep track of.
1: I mean, I was, at one point, I was in, like, 23, and it was bad. That was the year that, um, it might have been the first or the second year that we did listener leagues, and we were in every single <laughs> listener league. And that made no fuck out. But, I mean, we won, how many did we win? We won, like, four out of seven between the three of us, and it was... Or maybe it was five out of seven. I know I won two of them. I think we all got
2: pretty excited during lockdown nonsense. (laughs) There's a lot
1: more time to be setting lineups and figuring out.
2: We were drafting like four dynasty leagues simultaneously for the entire summer. That
1: one year. Yep. Yeah. So 2020, I think I hit like 20 leagues. But it um, sucks because right you now I'm have just an eight. A
0: piece of every single player in the league. So it's like, I know one, that one game hurts you, but it helps you over here. And it's like, it's just so much to at the same time. I also like rooting for my players. You know what I mean?
1: That's what I miss the most.
0: I like looking and being like, oh, shit, he got three points. That's awesome. But in this league, I was going against that guy. So now I'm screwed and I lost that week, even though it helped me over here. like,
1: Yeah, that's what I miss the most. Having one team, knowing who my players are and like rooting for those guys. But now, like when you start to get into like four or five, six leagues, you're like, I own half of the NHL. And it's hard to differentiate between like, you know, uh, let's say Kevin Fiala scores a goal. I don't know which leagues I have him in. I don't know if I if I have him in any league. So like next year, I'd like like I have let's see one, two, three, four dynasties that whatever. But like for redrafts and keepers, I like I'd like to get down to one.
0: That ain't ever gonna happen.
1: Good luck with that. But I, I feel you. And I would like it just to be the listener league cheering
2: gets very complicated you're like i want fiala to get a goal but only on the power play and only if it's like a non-plus goal and it's assisted by this guy but not this guy's not on (laughs) the ice but i have this goalie in this other league
1: (laughs) i miss having one team where like i'd look at my roster and i'd see oh drew dowdy is the only person who hasn't played yet uh i'm gonna watch the king's game Yeah. yeah yeah but it's not like that anymore I'm just watching hockey, and it's like, oh well, you know, people. I guess I'll just check my scores in the morning if I have time, if you know, my daughter isn't coming in screaming while I'm taking a crap trying to set my lineups. You know, I think less. <laughs> like If I just had one team, really paint a picture it for us, be so but, cool. You know,
0: really paint us a picture. <laughs> Here's the
1: picture. You know, on an airplane, fighting with the Wi-Fi on a goddamn airplane in between people their call Like, I had somebody hand me a bell pepper. You understand? Like, <laughs> they handed me, they ate it like an apple. Ew. They handed me a bell pepper <laughs> core, and they ate it like an, it was just the core with seeds and stuff. Like, people are weird, man, and they ring their call bell for the weirdest shit.
0: I, yeah, okay, that's what I was going to ask, like, because they are different. I can't even imagine eating a green bell pepper like a fucking a apple. A, at least a red bell pepper. Weird.
1: It was well, so. Like it's weird. still
0: weird, but you know, it's better than green.
1: I remember what I said to her. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> okay. Like I was coming through with the bag, right? Because well, like, you were
0: so surprised. Uh,
1: um, sometimes, every once in a while, like if I'm doing a cross country flight, there's time. But you know, I don't get that. I get to go to Charlotte four times
2: tomorrow. I've I've drafted uh, players in a different league than I thought I was looking at. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at, yeah, like, what, like, two
1: drafts at the same time?
2: No, 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 not even, sorry, not drafting, but just, like, in like, waiver wire pickups, like, just, like, oh, I'm yeah. thinking, like, I'm thinking I'm looking at this categories league I'm in, in the Great White North League, so I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll get Will Borgen because I could use some hits and blocks, and I'm, in fact, picking that guy in some lame fucking points league.
1: Um, That's another thing, too, like, you know, you don't know what your team needs because you have 14 teams.
2: I think less than like 3 or less is honestly a good idea for redraft leagues if you really want to enjoy it. When you get more than I know like we were all in like 10 plus at, at times but right now I'm in I think 3 redraft leagues and that's I'm finding it like I can focus on those. But the one thing I'm 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 not even opposed to saying it on a podcast now but I'm I'm really having a hard time with fan tracks and redraft leagues. Um, oh, yeah. It looked like the, – uh, there's some of it's just – it's my negligence. I've done shitty in a couple leagues, but it's the app that's making me negligent.
1: I'm just actually like it – It's looked, not fun to open the app.
2: No, it's not. And that things don't make sense. You move sense. a
1: guy, and then it's like, it's like your roster is illegal 18 hours and 34 minutes from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Do the math and figure it out. You Six idiot. years
2: from now, your D is going to be out of sorts. So, can. And I'm just like, fucking, it looked like they were doing it. You a- can't do
1: that 19 years <laughs> yeah. from now. You have too many D-men in. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck.
0: It is. You do it to jump through hoops. I'll give you that. Like, that's why I laughed so hard. Cause that, it's so freaking true. Like, you make any sort of mood, especially trying to pick up players. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, you're screwed. you got to drop four players just to pick up one.
2: Dynasty and fun leagues, like gimmicky fun leagues, it's great. I honestly find I think Fantrax is funner to be a GM than it is to play in it. You know what I mean? Because you can like you can set up cr- yeah.
1: redrafts. It's, it's not it
2: hard. just the app is is so key with with redraft leagues and Yahoo's just got it simplified to a point where it's it's doable almost no matter what. Yeah, Fantrax is just enough to be like, fuck it, I'm taking a L today. <laughs> I'm just not even gonna
1: yeah. It's it's it is it's discouraging. Like you open the app and you're like, Great, I have seven or eight leagues to unfuck and I gotta lick Fantrax's ball just the right way that it likes to get licked. Uh it for me it's not it's not for redrafts.
2: But if you want Gordie Howe hat tricks as a category in your league,
1: Fantrax yeah. will do takeaways that for
2: you. takeaways. Face-off percentages on Wednesday nights after
1: seven. Like, sure. All right. That's a wrap. Fun times. Doing a bunch of work on the website, which has been a lot of fun. I'm hoping to have some new tools coming out, which is going to be fun. And then um, going to work on some like draft tools and stuff in the off season for you guys to check out. But, you know, FHFHockey.com. Go give her a look. It's uh, a work in progress. Let me know what you would like to see.
2: Cool shit, there,
1: man. Cause I can probably build it. It'll be fun. Uh, but anyway, that's it for us. We'll see you whenever we see you. In the meantime, Taxi Squad has you covered. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll think about a mailbag. Raj, you collect some questions, and we'll we'll get to them like before those questions go irrelevant right like we don't want the questions to time out so sorry we didn't get to your questions tonight but you know we did we did get long-winded catch up but uh yeah love you guys
0: love yous love you